This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so that's it. Greg Kelly and the New York City subway system are never going to see each other ever again. That is it. It is over, done with, goodbye. Uh, we had some fun. I met some very interesting, nice people. I met some creeps. I met some weirdos. Again, I met some nice people. And yesterday I met somebody who, quite frankly, I thought was going to stab me in the neck. So uh, I just can't take this chance anymore. Uh, the subway is jam-packed on the weekends. You expect it to be light, lightly loaded, because it's, uh, well, it's the weekend, right? But, no, they cut service back dramatically. So it, it's so weird on a Sunday afternoon. You know, light Sunday afternoon, not much foot traffic, but the subway is jam-packed. And um, I was down there, and, uh, you know, tough to get a seat. And um, But my days of, well, I got a seat, and my wife was with me, and... Our younger daughter was with me, but they were across the way. They were across the, the train car, and uh, everything was fine. Very crowded train, and uh, I was sitting down. And I am one to offer my seat to uh, somebody who needs it. But that doesn't necessarily mean if you're a woman, you need my seat, okay? I'm sorry. The, those days are over. You know, I I did that once. I've done that many times, but then I did it a couple of years ago, and she was like, no. And I thought, okay, fine, yeah. I mean, who am I to assume that I'm stronger and bigger and have more endurance than this this woman, right? Is that somehow sexist? If you want to be that way, fine, I'll just sit there. If you're pregnant or if you look of a certain age, but even that can get you in trouble, right? You know, Elderly? I'm not elderly. What do you mean? You, you, I don't need to sit. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, jam-packed train. And this guy, I'm looking at my, I don't know, I was looking down, looking at my phone, whatever. And then I see two gray sweatpant legs just stop and turn right in front of me. And I turn, I look up, and I see this bedraggled guy, dirty T-shirt, ripped, torn all over the place, right? He is looking at me, light right at me, and he's moving his hands like crazy, like he's saying something, but he's not saying anything. And sometimes he's smiling, and then he stops smiling, and then he smiles. And, and I'm like, I can play it cool in these situations, I'm like, what is it? What? What do you want, sir? Do you need directions? What is it? What is it? Now, he is in my personal space big time. And I had a plan. If he did anything, I was so ready. I was just, and you know what? I don't like doing this, but I was going to, I was going to pick up my legs and kick him hard, right? Kick him to the other side of the train. Granted, he would have bumped into some people, but I, I, I they would have been all right. I just felt, I mean, who, who does that? A crazy person does that. And this is not the first time something weird has happened down there. But, you know, I, I can't take it. I cannot do that anymore. I can't take the risk. And if you can afford not to, uh, don't take the risk either. Just not worth it. You can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. On the sidewalk, you can sidestep it. On the sidewalk, you can... You have a bunch of different options. You can stop and turn around. I know, right, some of you would... 
Well, look, I was ready to fight, but he did not. He did not punch me. He did not take out a weapon. But who gets right in your face and starts moving their hands wildly? And they were kind of like in my face, other than somebody who's uh, looking for trouble. So um, he stops doing what he's doing. I think in part because I'm like, what do you want? What 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 is it? What can I do for you? And I think he just wanted me to be scared. And somehow he was going to exploit that. Oh, you see, you're afraid. Why? I'm like, uh, uh, I didn't convey that. Never let them see that. And then he gets, uh, he goes between the subway cars. I was right next to that door. And then he goes through there. And there's another guy out there. So he almost, <laughs> two guys in between the train cars. It's lawless down there. It's crazy. But it gave me a real, like, you know, what am I doing here? You know, and I, I say, well, the subway is convenient and the subway is cheap. Uh, but you know what would be, would be inconvenient? Uh, getting stabbed in the neck, <laughs> getting into a fight, or just getting, yeah, getting my jaw broken, or breaking somebody's jaw. I mean, he didn't mess with me. I think because I'm not the smallest guy in the world. I'm not huge, but I'm not small either, and I wasn't showing any fear. Let's say let's say he did something, he took an aggressive move, and I punched him, and he got hurt. I'd be arrested, right? I would have been arrested, potentially. So that would be inconvenient. Getting harmed would be inconvenient. Going to jail would be inconvenient. Yeah, taking a cab or taking an Uber is more expensive, and I don't like the whole waiting for the cab. I just hate it. I hate the whole waiting for Uber and looking at that stupid thing on your phone. It's very stressful somehow. But I can't go back down there ever again. That's it. Uh, I just... No, nope, 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 no. Too much going on, too much riding on. And then the other thing, you know, you think, okay, well, I'm going to walk everywhere I go. So I'm walking down the street and everything's fine. I happen, I've been, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on my phone and I got a cup of coffee. Then I'm finished. I'm just about finished and I finish it. So what do I do with the cup of coffee? I throw it in the trash can. What could be wrong with that? Well, you know those guys from, what is it called again, uh, Ready, Willing, and Able in the blue suits? They wear the blue T-shirts and the blue pants. A lot of them are ex-prisoners. And through this group, they empty the trash cans. Well, I didn't mean anything by it. I threw it in the trash can. I did not realize, though, that there was no trash bag at the bottom because the guy had just removed it. He had just taken out the trash. And I immediately saw what I did. But he said at first, you threw it in the... There's no bag there. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I, And I almost wanted to pick up the cup from the empty trash because there was no bag there. But he had like this big can in the way and I couldn't do it. And he starts muttering nasty words. And I'm like, hey, I said I was sorry. I didn't mean it. I mean, I put it in the trash. And then he starts getting really nasty with the F word and this and that and telling me, you know, I better get lost. And, of course, I wasn't going to get lost right then and there. I had to let him know how I felt, and I had to let him know that I wasn't wrong, and I had to let him know that he had an attitude. And then he had to let me know that I had an attitude. And you see where this is going, right? And then people stop and look, and there's that going on, and now i got people looking, and then there are people who are already judging the situation, right, who somehow think that I'm the bad guy here. Why? <laughs> you didn't see what just happened. You see two people arguing, and you're siding with that guy already? So ready, willing, and able, what the hell is it? Now, I've been seeing these guys for a long time, for about at least a dozen years. Yeah. And I have noticed that these guys are universally nice guys. Nice guys who keep to themselves. I shouldn't say they're nice, but they very much keep to themselves. It's like they're oblivious to the world around them. 
a lot of them were in jail. And this is like a second chance routine. They're not working for the city. They're working for this group. Ready, willing, and, oh wait, yeah, the John Doe Fund. The Doe Fund, I think it's called. DOE Fund. Now this is, um, this is a little bit of a strange organization in many ways. Um, let's see here. Since 1990, they say we have helped 28,000 homeless, 28,000 homeless and formerly incarcerated men rebuild their lives. Hmm. 28,000 men since 1990. How many? It's a thousand men a year, basically, right? I don't know. That's less than a thousand, way less than a thousand men, people. I don't know if that's a, I don't think they're productive enough. Now, I'll tell you something else. Is, is George McDonald still in charge of this program? Because he was at one point, and I noticed that he was making, at, this is a dozen years ago, $500,000 a year. That's a lot of money for a nonprofit. Then he ran for mayor, and everybody saw that he was a grouchy jerk. And sometimes, look, we need charitable organizations, and many of them do amazing work. And I'm not saying, like, you know, again, all of these guys have struck me over the years as, like, on the right path somehow. Then again, I don't know much about the program. Uh, and I just got the, you know... <laughs> I didn't like what happened to me. So I don't know if I want a guy who just got out of jail on my, near me, uh, cleaning the trash. Do you know what I mean? I would like to, I, 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 sorry, all about second chances, but I don't know. When you get yourself in trouble by throwing trash in the trash can, yeah, I know that prison is weird and there are new rules there and all, you gotta go by the code of the prison yard and all that stuff. Uh, but throwing trash in the trash can isn't really um, all that bad, you know. So I, 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 I know it takes a long time to assimilate. Hmm. Let's see here. Yeah, you have one of these big groups, one of these big nonprofits, and you're the head of it, and you start to feel like you are a saint, right? Oh, look at me. I'm doing such great work for other people, and therefore I can do this, that, and the other thing. I can cut this corner. I can cut that corner. I can give myself a salary of $700,000 a year or whatever. Looks like it is still George McDonald. On Christmas Eve, transit police evicted a homeless woman known only as Mama from Grand Central Terminal into the freezing cold. The next morning, she entered the terminal, laid on a bench, and passed away from pneumonia. Mama was one of hundreds of people George McDonald grew, grew close with over 700 consecutive nights, handing out food to those who called the terminal home. They appreciated his help, but again, they told George the same thing. What I really need is a room and a job to pay for it. Mama's death made George realize that merely providing clothing and food would never create real change. It was in her memory that the George created the Doe Fund, named for the pseudonym authorities used on her death certificate. Wow, sounds like the cops are coming off as real jerks in this story so far. Let's see here. Sometimes when you start a charity, they kick you out of the charity. I've seen that happen before. Can't see if he's still there. He's the founding guy. Jennifer Mitchell is the president and CEO. Wonder how much money she makes. I don't know. Not saying they, I, 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 I need to know more. All right. But I always thought that there might be that potential for something to go wrong. You know? All right. Much bigger things going on in the world. Israel is poised to kick some ass in Gaza. 
which is totally warranted, appropriate, necessary. And all weekend long, all week long, you know, it's it's been portrayed as uh, Hamas versus Israel. I see Israel versus Hamas on MSNBC. The war between Israel and Hamas. You know, it sounds like a football game. It sounds like, you know, Boston versus Detroit. I <laughs> like they're they're equals. You know, we had remember after 9-11, it was the war on terror, right? This is a war on terror and terrorism. You look at that footage. You look at what happened. Can anybody possibly justify what that maniac did in 2017, opening fire and killing a 100 people at that concert in Las Vegas? Do you remember that? The worst mass shooting event in American history. And can you imagine anybody justifying that, defending that, somehow saying, well, you got to see it from the mass murderer's perspective? Well, that's what we have going on in a good chunk of the media and all over college campuses, everywhere. It's the cool and hip thing to do, to come out and wave a Palestinian flag like crazy, to stomp on the Israel flag, to burn it, to stand with your brothers and sisters in, uh, in Palestine and all that stuff. Um. There's a group called the Students for Justice in Palestine, and they are rabid anti-Semitics. They are a front for Hamas. I learned this from Mark Levin, actually, at Mr. Dykeron from Israel. We have Hamas represented by idiotic and malevolent kids, students, very foolish people. Are they beyond hope? I don't think so, because they're young and stupid, and they can possibly learn. But I never thought I'd see it. You know, remember that phrase? Whatever happened to never again? We just saw the worst thing since the Holocaust. What happened to never again? I thought it was never again. I guess not. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Well, I was busting his chops. George McDonald, who started the Doe Fund, turns out he's dead. Sorry about that. He died three years ago. And uh, look, I'm, his heart was in the right place. He got off to a good start there. He lived in a he was working in finance. And then he said, you know what? I got to help the homeless. And uh, he started this whole foundation. And there is something that he did that was good. He was not in favor of those handouts, you know, just. Like Koch said, you give a guy a buck, you make yourself feel better, but you may be subsidizing an alcohol uh, situation or a drug situation. It's better off giving him a job, all right, and actually having mentorship and follow-up and that kind of thing in a real program. I mean, how can you have beef with that? I have no beef with that. Uh, but, uh, sorry, the uh, the salary's got a little bit out of hand, all right? And uh, he's he, he drew fire for that along the way. And uh, <clears throat> that happens. I mean, look, to have these things well run, Unfortunately, well, it's not fortunate or unfortunate. You got to start shelling out some uh, some money. Some you know, otherwise, if you if you don't pay anybody anything, you don't get uh, great management. Hey, speaking of poor management, Eric Adams. <laughs> um, wow, he was good friends and is good friends with Louis Farrakhan. You know who Louis Farrakhan is, right? Uh, the Nation of Islam founder. Total raging anti-Semite. I mean, hates Jewish people like crazy. Well, good friend of Eric Adams. Eric Adams and uh, he were working together to get Eric Adams elected to the Congress back in the 1990s when when he was running for, uh, yeah, he ran as a Republican. You know that about Eric Adams? Uh, 
you know, he's getting over the top credit, Eric is, because he gave a speech that was appropriately supportive of Israel. But America is a country about what you say, not what you've done and not who you are, who you are, really. It's just, oh, he said something five minutes ago. That means he's a great guy. No, it doesn't, actually. A lifetime of supporting anti-Semitic causes. You know what he did with the New York Post and and those in the elite in New York City? He played you, and he's playing you. Words, it's just words. So he gives a speech about Israel and Hamas, and he condemns Hamas, and he's getting all kinds of credit for that. Look, isn't that kind of a given? We're going to, oh, wow, can you imagine that? Can you imagine Eric Adams condemned terrorists? What a great man. No, he's not. Just because... Supporting Hamas makes you a degenerate doesn't mean, like, if you condemn Hamas makes you somehow a great man. No, it just means you know bad guys versus good guys. And Eric, I think he's got a big political angle going on here, right? It's all about, uh, with Eric, certainly, the money. The money. And fooling people into that he's some sort of reasonable person. And uh, New York has other things to do right now, all right? We got other things to do. We got our own problems right now. I mean, we have to worry about protecting New York City. What kind of police commissioner? I mean, it breaks my heart. I love the NYPD. Who is this guy? Caban? Have you seen him on television? Who is he? Where is he? C-A-B-A-N. You know, I think about how my father did that job. Didn't go on vacation Literally did not go on vacation. I mean, he was just 24-7 all the time. You know, you either run that department or it runs you. You've got to be on top of everything. And Caban, what's his name? Edward Caban? Caban? He went to Qatar in the Middle East last week. Qatar. Qatar, as some people call it. In the middle of the Persian Gulf for some sort of security conference. Hello? How about a security conference right here with your anti-terrorism team? So this is why we saw Rebecca out there last week. Rebecca, who's out, we are here to deter terrorists, and we don't want them doing anything in New York, because Caban was on a paid vacation, a junket, if you will, to the Persian Gulf to talk about security. Don't you know security by now? Taking a day off. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What did you think of Suzanne Summers? I met her a few times, really nice lady. She leaned a little bit conservative politically, 
Maybe uh, one of the reasons why you didn't see that much of her uh, later in her career, although she didn't really need to work. You know that Thighmaster thing? That actually made her like a billion dollars. She was ve- she did very, very well, very, very smart. She and her husband were quite the team and uh, just great entrepreneurs. Uh, what else about her? I remember she's credited with the line, I don't want stardom, I want superstardom. Remember, she left Three's Company. Remember Three's Company, How what a big show that was? It was so risque. Oh, my goodness, three people, a man and two women living together? Wow. Um, but nothing was going on. Uh, <laughs> what did they tell Mr. Roper? They told him that Jack Tripper was gay, right? <laughs> Mr. Roper was the guy upstairs. Like a lot of shows, it stayed on TV too long. She left that program and... Uh, like at its peak, and they didn't know what they were going to do, but they just got another, you know, total hottie uh, to be the third person, the hot girl, but didn't have the charisma, did not have the um, the style, and a lot of other things that uh, Suzanne Summers had going for her. So that's um, she was seventy a day. She died at seventy six, a day before before her seventy seventh birthday. And you know who put that out there? Who reminds us of that? Donald Trump. Talk about a guy who's totally on top of it culturally, right? People, people talk about this kind of stuff. People talk. People, some people are talking about the 60 minutes interview last night. He said they were treating him and they were. They treated Joe Biden like he was a baby. They took care of him. They went so easy on him. As Trump said, uh, the answers to the questions were in the questions. They didn't want anything bad to happen to Joe Biden. Let's see here. Um, let's try cut seven. Joe Biden last night on the 60 Minutes show. Look, when I ran, I said the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing, but we have an opportunity to make it. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities, enormous opportunities to make it a better world. You know, we were doing both things before you showed up, Joe. We were doing, you're the problem. You brought on this unrest, you, in your weakness, which we could all hear. It's so obvious. Let's see here. Um, That's all kind of, that's a bunch of junk. Now, what about Iran? Everybody seems to know Iran had something to do with this, but they're not saying that. Cut 10, cut 10. I don't want to get into classified information, but to be very blunt with you, there is no clear evidence of that. At this point, no this evidence point. that Iran is behind any of this. Correct. Now, Iran constantly supports Hamas and Hezbollah. I don't mean that. But in terms of where they, did they have foreknowledge? Did they help plan the attack? There's no evidence of that at this point. Well, listen, that might be, that might be, that might actually be prudent. You don't necessarily want to, if if you have evidence, and I believe we might, you may not want to put it out there on the table because, you know, I don't think we could take on Iran right now. You know, it would, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, does it mean World War III? Uh, Ray Dalio last week said we are 50-50, 50-50 chance that World War III will erupt at any time, World War Three. So every now and then you got to be a little bit um, subtle about certain things. Then again, every now and then you got to be as blunt as hell and in their face. 
to get people to not do things and get people to do things, and you know who knew about that? Trump. Hey, Lindsey Graham is back at it. Uh, he's such a marshmallow. I am so, goodness gracious, he's all over the place. Trump can never trust this guy. Occasionally he's good, but here he is playing the fake news game of dissing Trump. Cut 12. I have to ask you about some of these recent comments by the GOP frontrunner, someone you support, former President Trump. He praised Hezbollah as, quote, <coughs> very smart. Israel's communication minister called that language shameful. Do you agree? Is that shameful language? Senator? Yeah, that, that was a huge mistake. If I were President Trump, I'd talk about being the strongest president for Israel in modern times. He's, he issued a statement two days ago, I stand with Bibi, I stand with Israel. Yeah, it was a mistake. He's on the right track. You know, unlike most politicians, Donald Trump doesn't talk to the American people like we're a bunch of babies. He doesn't talk to the people like we're fake news idiots and we're going to take his words and use it in a headline against him. Talking about your enemy as having smarts doesn't mean you like your enemy. It doesn't mean you support what your enemy has done. It means it's a realistic assessment, all right? There are bad people out there to just assume that they're all stupid Evil genius, okay? We we confront that throughout history. He doesn't talk to us like we're babies, okay? Lindsey Graham, you do, and that's one of the reasons why you're so deeply unpopular. When you ran for president, you got basically nobody to vote for you. And you're hanging on by a thread in South Carolina, just barely making it. Uh, Mike and Wayne, yes. Hey, how are you? Listen, I carry Mason the old ways, and I swore it off a... Uh potential robbery in Manhattan when I was doing the mid-shift at the Javits Center. Well, number one, I don't know if Mace is legal. Number two, you got a good damn chance of shooting it in your own face or shooting it at somebody else. I wouldn't count on the Mace. I would limit my trips to the Javits Center in the middle of the night. All right, That's what I would do. I just, the Mace. I hear women show me they got the Mace on the key ring. I don't know, number one, I don't know if it's legal. And number two, how many people have successfully used it other than you? I mean, a lot of things can go wrong, and as, you're, as I'm trying to make my aim my mace, that guy's trying to plunge his knife into my neck. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work out very well. You know, I just don't. Thank you, Mike, very much. Um, mace, it is. There's a problem with mace, and also, what else? What are weapons to be? I, I know somebody who has a little siren that they pull. The key ring comes out. Hey, can we give credit to Israel for being so humane? They are being incredibly humane. How is that? They are they are letting the enemy know ahead of time that we're coming, that they're coming to get out women and children. Did Hamas do that to the concert goers? No, they were all women and children. They they slaughtered everybody. Isn't that something? They don't get any credit for it. I keep hearing on the news somehow that. That Israel, they're the ones who, you know, they have to lighten up and they have to respect, uh, uh, the rules of war. They are. My gosh, they're putting, basically sending leaflets, leaflets, letters in the mail to all the people of Gaza saying, go to the southern portion of Gaza. Don't stay in this part. Isn't that magnificent? Hey, and, and a word of caution to our LGBT queer uh, brothers and sisters, LGBTQ. Um, I see a lot of them out there with the rainbow signs praising Palestine and condemning Israel. I saw a bunch of them at Times Square and uh, throughout uh, the country because these protests are happening all over the place. 
It's funny. After Black Lives Matter, did you see white supremacists pop up all over the place? No, because there are none, number one. But were there counter protests during Black Lives Matter? No, there weren't. Actually, there weren't. There were clashes with police officers because they were breaking the law and they were looting and breaking stuff and starting fires. No black law. No, no white supremacists. <laughs> where were the where were the where were the racists on the other side? Right. There were not because there are none. But here you actually have anti-Semites. You have Jew haters out there who support what happened, who support the terrorists all over the place. You know, I, look, I went to Coca-Cola. The, the the soft drink company, it's another reason to not drink Coke. Actually, here, I'm not riding the subway anymore, and this is my last Coke Zero. That's it. No more Coke. It's bloody poison, for one. And they do nothing for the community. They do nothing for the country. They were tweeting and putting out videos and new initiatives for diversity, equity, and inclusion in the aftermath of that one guy, George Floyd. One guy. Loses his life. One guy. And they rearrange society from top to bottom. 2,000 Jews were just slaughtered. And Coca-Cola doesn't have anything to say for it. Now, what difference does it make what Coca-Cola says? Well, they're representative. They're, they're emblematic, if you will, of corporate America. Apple Computer. I went to their website. And, um, you know, after George Floyd, again, one guy. The head of the company gets up and talks about how they're giving $10 million to uh, diversity and equity and inclusion initiatives and Black Lives Matter and they're condemning systemic racism. Why aren't they condemning anti-Semitism? It's funny. They're going after something that's not real, white supremacy, but they're giving a pass to something that is very real. Anti-Semitism makes me wonder about what's in their heart, right? Do you wonder about that? I wonder about that. I was so naive. I did not know that this was as widespread as it so clearly is. And it's it's getting worse. And another thing i got to point out about Israel, it's a genuine democracy a gen- where they have elections, and they're going to have elections. You know, Ukraine, how much money have we blown so far? You know, it's not really a democracy anymore. You can't call it a democracy. They suspended all the elections. The elections will be suspended until the war is over. So right now it's not a democracy. Remember that whenever Joe Biden tells you, hey, this is a democracy. I don't think so. And why won't Egypt let the people in there? It's amazing. We have no border, but Egypt will not allow their Arab brothers and sisters into this country. They would be what I would call refugees, right? Political refugees fleeing war. But Egypt is not going to let them in. We let everybody in. We don't even try to keep them out. Egypt, Egypt, they got this really strong. They don't play around. The rest of the country is totally cool with uh, strong borders. The rest of the world, that is. But we, for some reason, are not. You know, um, one of the reasons why Joe wants them all here, he thinks people of color vote a certain way. He said it out loud. If you have a, if you have a question, if you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. He thinks people of color will vote Democrat. That's why they want them inside. And they will get them or at least portray them as voting a certain way, or they're banking on them actually voting a certain way. Um, that is pretty low. Uh, he's got his. Will we get ours? I saw Trump over the weekend, a beautiful video where he goes to Saudi Arabia. This is back when he's president. 
And he lays into them, right into their face, saying, you guys have got to do everything you can to stop terror. You got to stop it. You know what happened when Joe Biden went over there? You guys got to do everything you can to give us oil because we're running out. (laughs) There's strength and weakness. I prefer strength, don't you? Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, hold on a second. Is that guy on the phone? All right, this is uh, Jake Lang, who is a January 6th prisoner. In my book, he's a political prisoner. He's joining us from jail right now. Uh, Jake, are you there? Hello? Yeah, Greg, I'm loud and clear. I'm I'm live from D.C. jail. Greg Kelly, I'm here, brothers. Jake Lang. Wow. Uh, Jake, I think we've uh, spoken before. It's been a while. Um, by the way, you're being you're still in a pre-trial. You haven't even been tried yet. Is that right? Yes, it's been now a thousand and three days. Um, I've been held pre-trial without uh, any chance to face my accusers, Greg. It's it's disgusting. Uh, quite honestly, it's a horrific milestone to have passed. Okay, somewhere in the Constitution, I heard a rumor that we have a right to a speedy trial. Um, how how is it that it's been two years, basically, almost since you've been arrested and you're in custody? Uh, that seems a little bit crazy to me. And you well, we're too. Coming, we're actually, Greg, we're coming up on three years here in another two months. I'm, I'm two years and 10 months into this, um, languishing, uh, hellhole that they've got me in here in DC jail. Um, the reason why they're getting away with this is because, uh, it's a two tier justice system. They want to indefinitely detain and destroy the lives of Trump supporters and uh, of Trump himself and all of his former advisors and everybody. This is the game plan. The agenda is going uh, right on par for the Democrats, uh, you know, uh, course here, brother. All right. Now, I gotta re- I'm got i reading from the Times here a little bit. And I, quite frankly, i got to do this for myself, Jacob, because uh, I'm glad you called. But here's what the Times said about you in January of 2021. A 25-year-old New York man from the Hudson Valley was arrested by the FBI at his home on Saturday after he posted photos and videos on social media placing him outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. In the caption of the video, Edward Jacob Lang wrote, I was the leader of liberty today. Arrest me. You are on the wrong side of history. Federal prosecutors charged him with assaulting an officer and three other crimes, including civil disorder. His arrest comes as federal authorities, federal officials ramp up their search for those involved in the riot. Uh, listen, obviously, I'm not, uh, I don't support anybody harming cops. I realize you haven't been found guilty of anything, so at this point, you're innocent. Um, it does seem like crazy excessive what you've been through so far. What do you want to say about what you're charged with? Well, of course, I mean, January 6th was a massive dynamic conflict where you had about a million unarmed American citizens peacefully protesting, and all of a sudden we were whipped up into a frenzy by getting hit with ballistic shells. I mean, there were um, rubber bullets being hit into the crowd, pepper ball bullets, um, concussion grenades, flash grenades, um, pepper spray by the cops. I mean, we were a static crowd that was, you know, I mean, full of women and elderly veterans and children that was attacked. And what do you expect? I'm a 25-year-old young man. I'm going to go and defend uh, my fellow American patriots that showed up at the Capitol. And um, if it wasn't for my actions and actions of many other patriots, there would have been more than four dead unarmed American citizens. Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, who died in my arms. 
Um, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips are the only dead Americans. The only there was no dead cops that day. There's four dead unarmed American citizens. So the police brutalized us, and it took you know everything we had to restrain ourselves and uh, and defend our country and defend the unarmed people around us, Greg. So I'm completely innocent. I'm justified in my actions. I think the founding fathers would have done exactly, if not way more, than what we did on January 6th. All right, well, listen, man, I just got to make sure, you know, look, uh, we don't want to break the law ever and that kind of thing. I do think that you need to have a trial. No, All right, you, we mentioned the two-tier system and all that stuff. I get it. But what specifically is the whole? Can't have a regular trial, Greg. What? What? I can't have a fair no, trial. I, no, no, I, no, no, no. I, I can't I, have a fair trial, Jake, brother. Jake, well, listen. I'm but just. You, I want to know, Jake. Do me a favor. Stay with me on this. What is the reason they're giving you for all this? Yeah, nearly three years. You have not been. Uh, you have not had a trial. You haven't pled guilty to anything. So the charges are still, you know, pending. Right? They're they're against you. But what's the reason? What's the holdup? That they've said. So on January, yes. So this is the real reason, Greg. I want to know, uh, Jake. You got to you got to work with me here, Jake. I want to know the reason that they're telling you. What is the official reason? If I call the Justice Department, I'm like, hey, why the hell is this guy? What? Why is he still in jail, languishing with no trial? What would they say? Well, they, they want to cave me to a plea deal, and they want also for me to wait until the, the Supreme Court adjudicates I'm the first Jan Sixer, the only Jan Sixer, to push my case up to Supreme Court. The obstruction of Congress, 1512 charges, a 20-year maximum felony, Greg. Me and Donald Trump have been charged with it. I pushed my case up to the Supreme Court, and it has to be adjudicated before I can go to trial so they don't try me with the charge or without the charge. So I could be remaining here for another year until Supreme Court adjudicates this very important um, obstruction of Congress charge that I pushed up there. Um, that could actually hang in the balance Donald Trump being able to run for president behind bars or not, because it's his most serious charge by far he's been charged with. People are getting sentenced, Jan Sixers, to three, four, five, six years just for this charge alone. And you know what? I see people, I see, pe- I see people obju- <laughs> obstruct Congress all the time. They stand up during those hearings, they yell, scream, and shout. Um, all right, so what about this? What about bail? Hello? I mean, what about bail? What's the deal there? We, we have a constant. I have no prior criminal record. I'm a young man. I'm an entrepreneur from New York. Uh, been at, I went, wrestled at Hunter College. I was a college student and an entrepreneur after that. And uh, they don't want to bring me out on bail or bond just because I have, uh, you know, I'm a, one of the names on the list, basically, the, the secretive list of Jan Fixers that are refused no matter how much they deserve bail or bond. They're not let out. They're they're trying to keep me here specifically and many others that are on this little list that basically they hand to the judges. No matter what, under no conditions, the FBI pretty much tells them, is this person allowed to get bonded out uh, because we're on a different, you know, category level apparently. Um, we have, you know, different means. And, you know, basically I had a large social media following on January 6th. It's like the Proud Boys or something. They don't want the Proud Boys out on bond or bail. When they before they got tried because they have a large following of people and they don't want me to be able to get my voice out there. They want to control me and silence me and keep me tortured and imprisoned while they run me through this gauntlet, basically railroad me into a you know fifteen or twenty year long prison sentence. All right, Jake, me do me a favor. Way through, Greg. I got to take a break. I actually do me a favor. Can you stick around for a little bit? 
Yeah, I got plenty more to talk about. Yes, sir. All right, Thank well, you, all right, we'll God be we'll, we'll be back with you. Thank you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We have not yet had a dollar of that $6 billion spent, and I will leave it at that. But will you refreeze it based on this activity that you just laid out, all of the ways that they are complicit in this? You, the administration said that if we see them going in the wrong direction, that we would stop that down. I understand the position that you guys have, that not a dollar of this has been spent. But will you prevent it from getting into their hands to allow them to, you know, do, do what they do that you just laid out? Let me just reiterate what I said, because it's unequivocal. Not a dollar of that money has been spent. All, right. All this guy does is equivocate. Jake Sullivan, my goodness gracious, the National Security Advisor, a total wimp in way over his head. All right, more on him later. I do want to go back to our, uh, gosh, he's a political prisoner in my book, uh, Jacob Lang, Jake Lang, he's from upstate New York. He's in federal prison or federal jail in D.C. Um, he has not yet had a trial. He's charged with uh, obstructing Congress and I think trying to assault a police officer. We never approve violence against law enforcement, but uh, something seems to be totally wrong here with the way a lot of these January 6th guys have been treated. It's totally over the top. Hey, Jake, you're still on the phone. What is it like in jail? Tell us a little bit about the conditions. You're in the D.C. federal jail. Is that right? Yeah. Um, it's been a thousand plus days now. I've been locked up. I've been to 13 different facilities, Greg. And by the grace of God alone, I've been able to maintain my resolve and my convictions and not, you know, bend down and break to one of these horrible plea deals they've tried to offer me. Over 10 years in prison, they want to give me on a plea deal. for my first, I'm not a criminal. I have no criminal record. And one of the prisons I was in was in Brooklyn, MDC, right here. And I had a handset radio, and we were on lockdown a lot. And I kept myself sane by listening to you, my good sir, and uh, Curtis Lewa in the middle of the night on WABC. So there are uh, prisoners in Brooklyn right now probably listening to this. So shout out to uh, to those guys there. God bless everybody. Wow. Um, well, look, you guys, uh, so many of you didn't break anything or hurt anybody. And look, I don't want you to, you know, say anything that could get you in trouble, but um I am going to ask you, did you I see here in the New York Times they said you 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 sent something in the direction of police officers. They say here you swung a bat at police officers. Did you hurt anybody on January 6th? No, there are no injuries on my uh my uh criminal indictment. I've not injured anybody. Um there was a skirmish that happened after the police killed Roseanne Boylan. Um, in my arms, very brutishly, I mean, that, you know, it's been 
covered in Epic Times documentaries and other documentaries that Lila Morris was beating her uh, while she was on the ground unconscious and killed her. Um, of course, after that, you're going to want to take up defensive positions so that other women don't die around you. I mean, I'm a young man raised by a strong father. I'm, I was told to protect women and protect those who are weaker and innocent. And so I took up a uh, position to defend those people around me, and nobody else died after that. Um, you know, and I actually have been credited with saving two men's lives caught on video. A black man named Philip Anderson was holding the hand of Roseanne Boylan as she was killed and trampled and crushed by the police. And I was able to pick him up and drag him out of that dog pile. And um, he's done a court sworn affidavit, him and another man saying I saved lives that day. So I'm being held for a thousand days for saving lives at the Capitol. Greg, I mean, this is how, how twisted our justice system has become under Joe Biden. So... What do you want to do? Like what? Like like what? What are you? What are you trying to accomplish now? You're on the radio. You're in jail. You're waiting for this thing to be adjudicated uh, by the Supreme Court. Like what? What are you trying to accomplish right now? Well, I'm trying to minister to the audience God's grace to persevere anybody through any circumstance through persecution. First and foremost, always is to give everybody the the message that you know if you're down and out, Jesus Christ can save you and hold you down while you're in any circumstance. That's the first message. And the second is, watch out, they're coming for you guys next. The 1,300 January 6th political prisoners are just the first wave of political prisoners in this country. They want to stifle anybody who protests a stolen election, who protests tyranny in this country, imprison you, silence you, and destroy your lives. And um, if you don't get behind the January 6ers, then you'll find yourself like in the, you know, in the Nazi times, they said they came for, first they came for these guys, and then they came for the next guys, and then when they came for me, there was nobody left to protect me. That's the kind of situation we're in right now in America. And so the fight for freedom for the January 6th political prisoners is truly a fight for liberty in this entire country. If they could do it to me and my family and my community and thousands of other families and communities, the FBI Gestapo can roll a militarized police force right into your hometown and start dragging people out for any number of different reasons. Well, look, uh, I, uh, you know what? I got you. I mean, I don't think you're, uh, you know, some might say, oh, that's a little much. I don't know about that. I don't think so, because, you know, think about it. Right now, if you post anti-Semitic vile crap on Instagram, you go to an uh, anti-Semitic rally, uh, you're not going to be censored by big tech. You're not going to be penalized. You know, people will be talking up and down about your civil rights and that kind of thing. You're free to do so. And I guess, you know what, In a, you are free to do so. We can, we, we totally disagree. I mean, you're supporting the terrorists for crying out loud. I think that's, horrendous and bad and wrong and evil uh but i guess you can go out there you better not give them money you better not break the law uh but here's the thing i couldn't say stuff about the election you know my concerns about the fairness of the election i couldn't say my concerns about the vaccine or anything like that without getting booted off of big tech and getting kind of the chills all over the place just it was we all knew what you could do to get in trouble and that was going against the preferred narrative about the election and about the uh about the covid and a, and a lot of other things and conspiracy theorists <laughs> uh they just seem to be right a little bit early all right ahead of the curve all right well you spoke so powerfully and boldly and big um how many phone calls and visitors and what's your situation like with food in jail 
Well, so that's a great question, Greg. Um, the situation for a lot of the men in here, they were all the breadwinners, basically. I'm surrounded by some of the best men in the country in here. We've got entrepreneurs in here, Marines, tons of Marines, federal, I mean, our former um, police officers, sheriffs. You've got Army Rangers in here, floors, carpenters, school bus drivers. I mean, the January Sixers, the Patriots that have been caught up in this nonsense are some of the best people in the country. And their families, young wives and kids have been left at home, Greg, trying to fend for themselves while daddy is, you know, locked in a gulag for three years without a trial. Not, I don't have kids, but in other, my guys in here, there's 40 of us in D.C. jail right now in this unit. And right now, we've actually started a campaign for all the people out there listening to become a sponsor, a monthly sponsor for the January Sixers commissary. Um, and if anybody wants to help out that um, campaign, just go to SponsorJ6.com. We've been doing really well. We launched it about two weeks ago. Uh, hundreds of people have signed up to become sponsors, and it makes a lot of a difference uh, for these families that can barely afford to put food on their own table, let alone be extorted by the government for three, four, five hundred dollars a month to make phone calls and and commissary food and and you know clothing and hygiene products. It's a lot of money. And uh, we're trying to help out all of these, you know, brave patriots that have had their lives destroyed and ripped out from underneath them. Support so J6. Sponsor 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 J6. Com. Uh, wow. All right. So, man, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I guess you got a lot of time. I mean, how do you pass the time in there? Greg, I am so incredibly busy. I run these organizations for the January Sixers. I do probably two or three dozen interviews a week. I run the Political Prisoner podcast, which is the flagship podcast for the Gateway Pundit that uh, some of our episodes have hundreds of thousands of listeners. I've been blessed by God to really kind of like take this movement and just try to announce to everybody, we were set up. This is where our lives destroyed. This is the government tyranny in action that you guys have, you know, been saying, you know, don't tread on us. Well, they're treading on us. And so I've taken this um, position I'm in and allowed God to use me, you know, to speak the truth and to wake up the American people. So I do a lot of a lot of speaking to the American people, writing articles and doing interviews and podcasts. And You know, that's kind of cool, man. You're, that you're able to do that in jail. Who knew? You're podcasting and, you know, that's great. I didn't. That's really interesting. Hey, how about this? I think you guys should have a lot more support. I am surprised that civil libertarians aren't aren't beating down your door and trying to represent you and trying to help. But I knew, do know there have been some. Have you been struck? Is there anybody out there like, you know, a, a, a total liberal on every social issue, this, that, and the other thing? Because I think there have been a couple who have been like, you know what? I may be a liberal. I may disagree with you about politics, but what's happening here is wrong, and I want to help. I know of one case, and I can tell. But do you know of anything like that? Has that? Have you seen that at all? Oh yeah, it's been. Well, one of the huge things that God's used January six for is to, uh, you know, basically pull the shade, pull the cover off of the criminal justice system, how broken it is in this country, the pretrial detention and the living conditions, and so. The liberals have come to our aid and support um, because basically they're seeing now, you know, the middle class, you know, heart, heartland of America, all the 1,300 people that have been arrested are now experiencing the criminal justice system, especially the federal broken one 
for the first time. So the liberals are starting to have common ground with us. I've even had BLM, uh, one of the founders of BLM Rhode Island, Mark Fisher, was recently on my podcast. It was historic. He came out. He's a total Jan 6 supporter. He thinks what's happening to us, how we're being railroaded through the criminal justice system with these biased juries and with these federal judges that couldn't care less about us and just want to, you know, treat us so heavy-handed is reprehensible. And so he came out in total support. He's been outside some of our court uh, proceedings recently, and he's even wore the Proud Boy flag to some of them. I mean, we're starting to bring people together across the aisle because this is un-American at the end of the day. It's not conservative, not liberal. What's happening to the January Sixers is plain and simple un-American and unconstitutional, and people from both sides of the aisle are starting to recognize that this has just gone way too far, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, by the way, the Proud Boys, people get nervous. They're not white supremacists. That's one of the many, many lies that's been told about oh. uh, the Proud Boys. We all, we, we know, we know it's... It's crazy. Uh, well, let me see, uh, Jake. I've just been here with Enrique Tarrio. Enrique Tarrio, the, the Hispanic founder or the chairman of the Proud Boys, just got sentenced to 22 years in federal prison. And uh, he's not a white supremacist. He's a Spanish man. Yeah. Um, look, how do you feel about President Trump? I think, quite frankly, personally, I think he's been great. He, you know, he talks about you guys. He brings up Ashley Babbitt. He wants to look at pardoning you guys. It's one of the reasons why the swamp wants to stop him. The establishment is so desperate to stop him. When he when he makes noise like that, it makes a lot of people nervous. I know there are some out there who think hey, he could have been doing more. I think, I think, I think he's been great on all of this. But look, you're inside. I'm outside. You what do you say? One minute remaining. Uh-oh, one minute. Go ahead, Jake. My short synopsis. Yeah, I mean, we love Trump. We are all big old Trump supporters in here. Our lives literally lay in his hands, and now kind of his life lays in my Supreme Court case's hands a little bit if he gets adjudicated from that. But um, I'd like to see Trump raised to the, the level of history that's calling him for, like, you know, 500,000 people on a march in Washington, D.C. with our family members, Ashley Babbitt's mother, saying, you know, release our prisoners and stuff. I think that's what Martin Luther King would do. And I'd like to see Trump do something big like that. I'm talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of people calling for our release in a big, you know, rally or march like, you know, Million Man March on D.C. That would be appropriate. But other than that, he's doing well, and I hope he wins and pardons us all and, and helps make America great again. Um all right. So that's my that's my synopsis, Greg. I appreciate your time today so much, man. God. Good, good luck, man. There he goes. You heard it one minute. Wow, wow, Jake Lang. And I just went to the website. It's very professionally done, and you can find out more. Sponsorj6.com, sponsorj6.com. I know people get nervous about January 6th. Uh, there's a lot I don't like about what happened that day, but you know what? We've been lied to, and some of those guys, he's absolutely right, have been set up. And, um, man... It's just, can you imagine that? Nearly three years and no trial? That is un-American. Jake Lang, good luck. Stay in touch. Privilege to have you on this show, and I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So how about that guy, huh? Uh, Jake Lang calling us from jail. Federal jail, notoriously crummy jail in the heart of Washington, D.C. That was really something to talk to him. And, uh, you know, look, I'm, I, I never met the guy. You got to take his word for it. And I got I'm checking, uh, stuff and it all kind of checks out. Um, interesting that he's not been charged with injuring anybody. Yep. Like so many other people never, didn't hurt anybody, didn't break anything, but they're being treated like terrorists. 
for crying out loud. You know, we just saw what real terrorism is, right? We know what it looks like. <laughs> the January 6th guys wearing a crazy hat, yelling and screaming about uh, election fraud. You know, it, this is still America. You're allowed to do that. You're actually even allowed to go up to the Capitol. You are. Since when can you go to Capitol Steps? When can you go up to up the steps? Why did they say you can't even be here? That's not, uh, you know, special territory. That's our territory. That's the people's house. I even see Joe Biden calling the White House the people's house. And nobody seemed to have a <laughs> The people's house. That means it's ours. I understand you got to make an appointment and stuff like that, but the steps of City Hall, isn't that kind of like you're supposed to be able to go up there? It's not a big deal. Uh-oh. Ed in Babylon, you were there on January 6th, too, huh? Yes, Greg, I was in the big crowd. Now, right. Well, wait a second. Now, be out. careful. I mean, you know, cops are listening, so, uh, you know, we yeah. don't want you to get in trouble here. You didn't go inside or anything like that, and you weren't close? No, it was very cold out, so we went back to the Hilton in Bethesda, where we were staying. And, you know, I can only say through... I have Verizon through records, and, you know, the government can uh, get these. I get a call every week or two, and it says Washington, D.C., that I refuse to answer. I think they're after every patriot they can gather. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, this this has been totally over the top. You look at the FBI's uh, Twitter page, and for a year, you know, the most wanted people in America – were those who showed up on January 6th, the most wanted people in America. Now, forget the terrorists, forget the bank robbers, forget the career criminals, uh, the J6ers. That was our threat. And, you know, it's interesting. I think it was a, a, a shifting standards. They played a game. Anyway, what do you do, and why did you go there? Uh, neighbor asked me to go. I didn't know much about the rally. He said, we'll go see the buildings and go out to dinner. Well, I found myself with a Hilton in a parking lot, and I mentioned to a fellow that got out of his truck, look at all the license plates, and he said, yeah, I'm not wearing my patch, but I'm a proud boy. He said, you're two nice guys, we'll keep you safe. And indeed they did from Antifa. One was a lawyer, another one was a human resources vice president, and you had one guy who was kind of rowdy. He wanted to know if I wanted to go out and find Antifa kids and beat him up at night. I said, oh, a little too old for that. <laughs> uh, I think he might be he might be in jail because he got in. He sent us a text when we were back in the hotel. We saw Ashley Babbitt from a text from his phone before we saw it on television. Oh boy, but he was right there. Yeah, yeah. yikes. Well, Ashley Babbitt, you know, uh, they're contem- zero and then insurrection. Uh, well, insurrection, insurrection. My foot. That wasn't an insurrection. Hey, uh, thank you very, very much. Um, good to talk. Just wanted to go out to dinner. Yeah, I'll look at the buildings that go out to dinner. And he, well, good thing uh, he's not in trouble. Anyway, thank you. Be right back. There's the music. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, talk about a threat to democracy. A judge in Washington, D.C. has just ordered that Trump cannot speak about the case against him. He cannot criticize the prosecutor. Where the hell did this go? Freedom of speech, Second Amendment. Let's see here. 
He can, he can talk broad. Let's see here. The federal judge overseeing the 2020 election subversion case against Donald Trump in Washington imposed a narrow gag order on Monday, barring the Republican former president from making statements targeting prosecutors, possible witnesses, and the judge's staff. The judge's staff. What the hell's what, what, what staff does a judge have? Oh, the one that was going out with Chuck Schumer, <laughs> the, the clerk. I think you can do this stuff. And you know what? If they don't let Pre- President Trump do it, I'll do it. I'll have to take it up for him. Okay. Uh, that weirdo, what's his name again? Jack Smith. Suspicious guy. Suspicious name. James Flippin just walked in. Hey, I, what's up, don't you think that there is, I never, I mean, a lot of defendants aren't going to speak about the judge, aren't going to speak about the uh, prosecutor. But that's them. I think it's a choice. I think this is it's his constitutional right to say whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I mean, it seems bizarre to me that it's almost like because I guess Trump's famous, he's not allowed to talk about the case. I mean, like I think back as a reporter, we would always be thrilled to hear a defendant want to talk outside of the courtroom after a case proceedings had started or gotten underway if there was a pending trial. And if the defendant actually wanted to speak and in other words, sort of waive their right to remain silent or whatever, then that was very interesting from a news perspective. So I find it bizarre that they have some sort of, uh, I don't know, I guess they see it as a concern that Trump would speak his mind. Uh, well, look, it's totally outrageous. The indictments are totally outrageous. The whole damn thing, you know, separation of powers, right? I mean, we criticize members of Congress all day long. They criticize Trump all day long when he was in office. You can't, you can't complain about it. You can't speak about it. That weirdo goes to uh, the Netherlands for four years prosecuting war criminals, wears a purple tunic, thinks he's special, thinks he's better than us. And, oh, by the way, didn't actually get any war criminals, real war criminals. It's a big bureaucracy over there. You're allowed to do that. Oh, and his wife makes documentaries with Michelle Obama. I think you're allowed to point that out. This is still America. Maybe it's not anymore. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um did you hear about the police commissioner went to the Middle East last week on the global day of jihad? Yeah. He was in Qatar, I think, right? What the hell was he doing there? And who the hell is this guy? What does he think he is? I mean, I've heard uh, from people that there's a like NYPD satellite office in Qatar. Uh, you don't have to go there to visit it when you're the commissioner. All right. Yeah, we've got detectives all over the world. Uh, he went for a junket. There's some sort of conference over there. Qatar. On the Global Day of Jihad, you just got the job two months ago, and you're gallivanting all over the world. You know when you go to the Middle East, it's not like you just go and come back. You lose a lot of time, you know? You, you come back, you're a basket case because of the jet lag, right? It takes you about 10 days to get back to normal. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you something about that because, you know, we know that the mayor of New York City just went down to South America and uh, went to Central America to sort of purportedly do some research or – uh, propaganda to concerning the, off to have dinner to feed his ego. Well, so that's know. what I wanted to ask you about. You know, now we're seeing that New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is in Asia for nine days. Doesn't it? I mean, it just seems kind of bizarre to me that they go off on these trips like this. Like it, you'd think there's important work to do here. Yeah, I would think so as well. You know, you're going to be governor of New Jersey once, you know, but they get bored, especially Murphy. He's a, he's a rich dude and he wants the next gig. And actually, the work of government isn't that much fun. Yeah, it's work. You can roll up your sleeves and do it, or you can uh, pose for the cameras and look good like Eric. So they're just not interested in work. They're interested in climbing the ladder. What's next? What's next? What's next? 
And Murphy wants to be president someday, actually. So yeah. who the hell knows? All right. Anything news-wise I should know about? Uh, well, I heard you starting out your show today talking about how you're done with mass transit. No, well, more, I'm no done. more subway. No more subway. I'll take the bus, but I'm not getting on the subway. Oh, you will take the bus. Yeah, I'll get on the bus. Look, the bus I can handle. Basically, it's, I mean, let's face it, it's old ladies and nice people on the bus. Okay, it's a so different, it's a different clientele. It's a totally different clientele. Okay. And, you know, the madman who got in my face yesterday, I mean, he looks like he just got out of either Rikers, the, not only Rikers, the psychiatric unit at Rikers, okay? He was crazy, but he was totally comfortable getting right up into my face and, you know, I'm like, you know, what, what, what do I wait for? Do I wait for the neck, the knife to be plunged into my neck? I mean, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't have gone up to him like that unless, unless I had a weapon. <laughs> I mean, I, why would you get into anybody's face like that unless you meant them harm? So yeah, I'm not getting on the subway again. Well, I just was a little concerned because, you know, parking meter rates went up today in New York City. Here in Manhattan, it's now going to cost you 550 for the first hour. And nine dollars for the second hour to park yeah, in those. Let's get meters. the hell out of this city. Seriously, <laughs> let's. I mean, it's just nickel and diming. The tax is crazy. But then again, quality I was, of life stinks. I, well, I was also going to say, probably not a good idea to park your Mercedes on the street either. So, your Mercedes. Yeah. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Your Mercedes. You don't want to get your Mercedes. Your Mercedes. You make it sound like I'm on some snob or something with my Mercedes. It's, not, it's a it's, nice car. It's not exactly a Maybach, all okay. right? It's all not right. the Maybach. You know, they, got, they got different grades, different versions of the Mercedes. Oh, okay, good. Quite frankly, I don't like the Mercedes. Too many gadgets. I don't know how they work anything, including the navigation system. I don't know how to work anything. And you know what you got to do? You got to say, you got to to en- enable that stuff. You got to say, hey, Mercedes. Oh, it's like a Siri type yeah. thing or something? Hey, Mercedes. First of all, why do you have to say, hey? That's obnoxious. Isn't it? It's just Mercedes. I don't like saying that. I don't like doing it. I, I but don't. But then I guess if like your girlfriend or wife's name were Mercedes, then that could be a little bit confusing. Well, that's not my girlfriend's name. <laughs> uh, my wife's name is Judith. So <laughs> what do you mean? I'm your, talking about a girl, hypothetical your girlfriend. I'm saying the hypothetical well, you said person. You, you're talking about my Mercedes. Like the you're hypothetical talking about user. All right, the, fine. So, uh, so the meters went up. Um, and anything else? Well, you know, I know you're a big. Well, not really, but you're intrigued by the Aaron Rodgers story. And our sports producer, Mike DiDino, said, I, maybe I bring this up. He was on the field yesterday before the Jets' big win. Yeah, like six hours earlier, throwing right? Throwing the ball, making his way back from Achilles' surgery. Very surprising. Maybe he can play before the end of the season. Wait, Mike DiDino was throwing the ball? No, no, sorry. Aaron Rodgers was out on the field despite having just had Achilles' surgery. Yeah, playing catch. Throwing the ball. Playing catch. Not walking with crutches. Playing catch. This is not playing football, all right? This is tossing a I'm ball. Just saying, around. it'd be pretty remarkable if you made it back before the end of the year. Uh, yeah, good luck. I know. I mean, you know, just put the tee down and stop talking about the and, Ayakusha tee. And the Jets had a big win yesterday as well. Uh, yeah, twenty three seventeen or something. Twenty to fourteen. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles for the first time ever. Is the Zach Wilson guy getting better? He is. He's improving. And their their coach says that they're that freaking close offensively. His so, words, his words. What's the record of the team now? The Jets, I guess they're now two and three. Two and three, I think. I don't think they had their bye yet. Well, uh, good luck. Three uh, and three, I'm told. Three and three. Three and three. Yeah, that's right, because they beat the Broncos. Um, and then out Duh, on... I beat the Broncos. Give me a break. <laughs> Nobody cares. I can... The, the Broncos well, that's, stink. Right, that's the one I forgot, the three. Okay. Uh, the Rex Hewerman case, they're expanding the probe. I know you've been sort of interested from a true crime perspective. Hey, in wait Rex a second. You, you can't call it the Rex Hewerman case. 
The Rex Huerman case. The Gilgo Beach serial murderer case. The yeah. the alleged Gilgo Beach serial killer. Just Rex call Huerman. it well, number one. We know you got to call it the Gilgo Beach case. Okay, the Gilgo Beach case. They're assigning two more cops to potentially investigate the deaths of additional uh, escorts, allegedly at the hands of Rex Huerman. So that case is continuing to look at even more potential victims. They appointed two new cops. Yes, for the case. Correct. They're expanding the probe. This is what's known as this is press release journalism. Okay. I would imagine they assign cops, they take them off the case, they put them back on the case. I expect them to do that. They don't have to notify the world that they did. Well, but I mean, it, it's at least newsworthy in the sense that they're still thinking this guy might be connected to more bodies. I mean, that's, you know. I mean, that was the case. They were, they told us right away that they're still investigating the case and it's open. They did. It's, they never made it a closed case. I, I know. We've got to get out of the thing here just because they, they, I know they, they email you something. They email something and like, Oh, what? Well, this sounds interesting. Well, I mean, it, it certainly could mean that they're on the cusp of potentially releasing more findings. If they were on the cusp, they wouldn't just be hiring two new guys. They would have been, you know, the, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but let me know when you want to charge them with something else. That's what I would tell That's the cops. Fair. You know what I mean? Let yeah. me know when you, uh, you know, we, yeah, we don't need to know every little thing they do coming and going. And I think that they should have had guys on this full time the entire time. And they didn't, mm. they didn't, they, they, they scaled it down. They scaled it back. And remember, we could have solved this case a lot quicker than, um, the cops under who was the other guy, the maniac chief, Jim Burke. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had information that, and they could have connected the dots. Number one, it was a big guy. Number two, he drove a Chevy um, avalanche. Mm-hmm. And number three, he lived in Massapequa park for 10 years. They had that information and it, thank God, chief, um, commissioner Harrison, mm-hmm. he was the one who connected the dots basically as soon as he got there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it felt like he left the NYPD. He went out there and then it was like three months later that it happened or something like that. So, all right. Well, that excellent. That's all good. Um, thank you, James. And, uh, things are quiet. What do you think about the Israel situation? I'm so incensed that the, there's anti-Semitism everywhere you turn around and you got the media. Here, I want you, I want you to listen to this. This is G- Mark Levin, the great one who's mm-hmm. on our station every night. This is what he thinks about the media and, and how things have gone down. Cut six. The greatest ally the terrorists have in the United States is the American media. Just as it was the greatest ally of the Nazis by covering up the Holocaust, the American media has Jewish and other blood on its hand and has for decades and decades and decades. And it seems like they don't take a corrective course either, do they? That's pretty. That's pretty. And I, I don't think he's wrong. Mm. So much, so many, you know, they used to hold officials accountable and now we just go with the flow. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I understand that the, the war in the Middle East, you know, the conflict between uh, Palestine and Israel, like it's, it, you know, it's as a, a tale as old as time, almost literally. Right. But there used to be a very clear standard that when it came to civilian lives and innocence being violated, in the course of that conflict, it wasn't okay. Like everybody basically accepted that's not okay. And then like, you know, people would kind of professors would push their glasses up and say, well, actually, you know, when the, when the people are put upon or are made to be subjugated, then they're not the ones. And now it's like, it's a widespread belief that there's somehow, somehow something could be justified as horrifying as, as terrorism. It's just, I don't know. I don't know where that came from or how it came to be, but it seems to be here. It's, it wasn't overnight. And this, uh, 
this poison has been all over the place. I've been blind to it. I apologize and uh, got a lot of work to do. All right. Thanks, James. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right. There's still no Republican Speaker of the House, and uh, that doesn't mean chaos. That doesn't mean uh, anarchy. Uh, they want us to think it means all that stuff, and, oh, somehow this is affecting the situation in the Middle East because there's no Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, I think things are going along just fine. Hey, even if we had one, even if they were doing things, the Republicans, right, you know, uh, we own the House, but we don't own the presidency, and we don't own the Senate. So they were just spinning their wheels anyway. I really don't care, to be honest. Uh, I would love to see Jim Jordan get the job, though. I think he deserves it. I think he's good. He's great. He's on MAGA. He's definitely MAGA, and he'd be fantastic. But uh, most people, again, don't even know the name of their own member of Congress, and there are only like six, seven maybe who make a difference. Um, I don't know. I'm, yeah, there's more to it than that, but... Uh, I just don't like how they're trying to portray it as chaos. You know what's chaos? Uh, the border. What's chaos? Transgender uh, uh, drag time story hour hanging around middle school. All right. That's that's chaos. <laughs> trying to figure out if the speaker pro temp is going to be uh, the speaker next week or if they will upgrade to the speaker con temp, whatever. It doesn't matter to me, and it doesn't matter to most people. All right, let's uh, do a wing around the phones real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bill, hello. Hi, Greg. How you doing? Hey, listen, instead of calling it an insurrection, we should call it a resurrection. You've been on hold for 20 minutes. That's what you wanted to say? Yeah, you know, the uh, you know, January 6th, instead of being called, you know, instead of the Democrats calling it an insurrection, we should call it a resurrection. A resurre- of resurrection of, of, of what? Pay- no, nah, I don't think so, man. Look, a lot of lies have been told about January 6th. Well, not, I don't want to spin it that way. I'm furious about January 6th. The people who were let in, uh, you know what that disrupted? Not the counting of the elect- electoral votes, but the objections to the electoral votes that I wanted to hear. A lot of people have been penalized, but no, we're not going to call it a resurrection bill. But anyway, thanks for calling. Uh, Connie, hello. Yeah, hi, uh, Greg. I just want to ask you, you, when they put that gag order on Trump, what about putting a gag order on the AG, who was uh, you know, pretty nasty coming out of court, what was it, about two weeks ago? The so AG, oh, uh, you're talking about, you're talking about, what's her name, um, Letitia James. This is another case. This is the federal case. This is a federal judge, and it's the case regarding, uh, you know, the one that Jack Smith is prosecuting. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's a different. Oh. It's a different. Uh, Sorry. It's a different pile. That's okay. Thank you, Connie. Um, uh, Barbara. Hey, welcome back. Hey, I'm not exactly back. I'm driving across Northwest Ohio on my way to Indiana to visit family there. And as I'm listening to your show and watching the news and I feel our country slipping away from us, I feel that our meritocracy is being destroyed. And instead, we are being pushed into a cauldron of socialism's shared misery. And when I look around me right now, I pulled over to the side of the road. There's a little country church behind me. There are cornfields around me. There are wheat fields around me. There are small towns. There are farmhouses. This is America. 
this is America and this is what we are losing. The right of the individual to come to a place like this, build a house, have a farm, be part of a community, live in freedom with their children. Their children's grandchildren will never know the freedom that we had. We must each stand now. It has to be a priority in our lives now. Absolutely. Serve our Constitution. Hey, but Barbara, listen, we are, uh, you know, we're barely holding on. Our country is slipping away. But we can still move to a small town and start a farm if we want to. And they haven't taken that right away from us yet, right? Oh, we lost her. She's driving across the, the middle of uh, Indiana. Um, I think we can still do that. But uh, what did she call it? The cauldron of socialism. She's not wrong. All right. Uh, Sandra, hello. hello. Hello, Greg. You know, I wanted to ask you about this thought. You know, most people agree that, you know, Iran is the octopus that calls the shots for this whole war situation. So Lebanon has close ties with Iran, and Hezbollah is a part of Lebanon. So Hezbollah started shooting missiles into Israel, and then you hear that Hamas wants us to release the hostages. You know, they'll give back the hostages if Israel, Israel stops shooting. So how could you do that when on the other side they're shooting into Israel in, in a third party? It's like so unfair. It just doesn't make sense to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you're a little bit all over the place, but I kind of get it. And uh, I do also understand that they only want to release, they're only offering 200, 200 uh, of the hostages. And there are over a 1,000, over a 1,000. And uh, I don't trust these people. I really worry about the hostages. My, and I also, I mean, let's face it, they probably spread them out all over Gaza. At first I was thinking, you know, they're in one big place, you know, all together. But that's probably not the case. So it's going to make it very hard to rescue these guys. Oh, Sandra, thank you very much. Yeah, Hezbollah. It is confusing. You're right. And they're shooting. And uh, how is it that you shoot missiles into another country and somehow it's considered no big deal? Right. Like Hezbollah shot a few and it's now no big deal. And and Gaza over the years would occasionally shoot some and somehow it's no big deal. Can you imagine anybody shooting a missile into America? Right. Anything. Imagine one hand grenade going off. It would be a big deal. And it should be. Uh, Carmine, hello. Yeah, what, Greg, I wanted to encourage Jake and his other patriots that are in prison. Hebrews 13.3 says, don't forget those who are in prison. Remember them as though you were in prison with them. And then in Genesis 39.21, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Wow. Uh, yeah, you're right. It comes up all the time in the Bible. I'm glad you said that. And, uh, even who was it? Who else was in prison in the Bible? Uh, Paul, right? Daniel, yeah, he was sure. down there. I mean, a million different people in prison and God can do anything anywhere to anyone. And it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Joseph made a boy. Joseph was in the prison. Remember falsely accused of rape, wasn't he? Yeah. By Pharaoh's wife. Yes. Potiphar's wife. And then he, uh, when he was in jail, the warden liked him in jail? Liked him in jail, gave him favor. But I listen, I want to encourage Jake. He's got, he's got Christian brothers praying for him, and we're going to celebrate when you get out of there, brother. We love you, and you have Christian family who love you, and we want you out of there. You know, there was a famous quote. I'll say it real fast. 
the greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world and make him holy, then put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. I love it. I love it, Carmine. We all got to read the good book. Thank you so much. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.